Day 40 was on uh, Thursday. If you've been uh, following the, uh, the readings in the uh, 40 Days of Purpose, and uh, this is the seventh Sunday uh, that we've been doing this, and uh, today we are celebrating um, what God has done. Uh, remember today what you have learned about the Lord through your experiences with Him. The Bible reminds us that we are to remember the lessons that we learn. Otherwise, uh, we have to learn them over and over again. And some things we only learn through experience. Some things we only learn through experience. And uh, we've been through this experience over these past 40 days. Together, we've had this joint experience. And as I said, there's opportunities this morning. Uh, for people to share if, if they've got something that they feel uh, they could share with the congregation from this 40 days that we've been uh, travelling together. And uh, this is the first opportunity, I'll give an opportunity later, uh, but this is the first opportunity, so if you do have something to share, uh, this is an opportunity if you want to uh, wave your hand or come to the front. Uh, Beryl and uh, is coming. Anybody else who's sort of got an idea? Um, Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Go for it, Bell. Thanks. <clears throat> I looked at a lot of papers, but I haven't really. Um, I've enjoyed this, this series very much. Um, and I've been reminded quite a lot of things I have learned over the years. Uh, and we do often need, as Richard just said, Keep reminding. But I've also been challenged and made to think of much more. So as I look back over my life, uh, at my age, that's the thing you're inclined to do, actually, uh, rather than look to the future. I've tried to see how God has worked in my life, hoping that what I have done has been according to his purpose and plans for me. It's sometimes difficult to see what purpose he has for me at the moment and the future uh, before I shuffle off this mortal coil, as uh, Ethel Barnes used to regularly say. However, there are times when that still small voice niggles at me and he's telling me to act. Uh, The Women's World Day of Prayer was in uh, early March and it was at the beginning of our 40 days. And the theme was, how many loaves have you? Based on the readings in both Mark and John, with the amazing miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had been speaking to this large crowd. I know you know the story, don't you, very well. They needed food. There was nowhere for the disciples to buy any. Then Andrew says, here's a boy with five loaves and two fishes. But how far? Will this go amongst so many? The boy just had his packed lunch. Nothing much. Jesus used it to feed over 5,000 with food left. How many loaves have you? Then we had Red Nose Day. And there I saw the story of how an African woman, in very poor conditions, she'd been left by her husband, with six children, struggling to feed them, and no money to send them to school. And to an organisation, she was given uh, a female goat 
that was in, in Kidd, uh, which cost £30. And that was last year. She now had a small herd. It seems that goats breed twice a year. So they're a great animal um, to, to give to people. And she was able to send her children to school, able to give another woman two goats, and then that would continue. A massive difference, just for £30. So I felt I had to share this with our ladies' circle. Many years ago, we were young wives. We were now grandparents and great-grandparents. And the average age is about 83. And I asked them if they'd like to share with me in a Lent project. Instead of, how people do, give up something for Lent, suggested that we could give for Lent. How many loaves have you? We have much to be thankful for. The idea was, well, here were some of the suggestions. We went to the supermarket or the confectioners and buy a loaf. You came home, perhaps put the cost of that loaf again to one side. If you enjoy a cup of tea at home, perhaps put the cost of that to one side. The cost that it would have cost you if you'd gone in a cafe for it. And if you are going to give up chocolate or cake, put that money to one side. Now Jim and I enjoy our free bus pass. So this was my favourite We'll, we'll uh, go to Burnley, free, stand in the bus shelter, look up at the board where all the, where all the buses are going and think, where shall we go today? So how about putting the cost of a bus ride to one side? Or anything else that we could think ourselves as a way of saying thank you to God for all that we have and then sharing it with others. How many loaves of you? was my challenge. The boy just gave his lunch. It's amazing how God can use what we have when we're willing to offer it to him. And sometimes we don't even realise what the gifts we have. Generosity, kindness, caring. And what was that like, that one of our memory verses? Each one should use whatever gift he has to serve others. I don't know how much we have. It's being counted today. And it's going to go to the Baptist Relief Fund. And if you want to know a little bit about that, there's still some booklets there that Ian left uh, from the uh, mission. And if you really want to know how much we have, you'll have to ask us afterwards. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, Farrell. Okay. Uh, Ross, did you want to share? Um, Yes, I just wanted to share two things, actually. Um, A few weeks ago, uh, and it's quite simple, um, I was in Tesco waiting for um, my sister. We were having lunch together. And um, as I was waiting for it, there was an elderly gentleman just a few um, tables away. And I'd look around and I just gave him a smile. And um, 
And then uh, he smiled back. And then a bit later on, Susan came. And, uh, and then this elderly gentleman got up and he came over as he was leaving. He said, thank you for smiling at me. And um, I was taken aback, really, because um, we were only something very, very simple. But it, it just made me realize how, you know, just the, just the very simple things can, can mean a lot to people. Um, <clears throat> the, the other thing as well, uh, on the um, last Wednesday from our house group, we did the... Uh, Everyone's been doing the mission side, and uh, and um, that was quite a challenge because I'm one of those who always said, um, "It's it's your life that that counts." Well, there was a statement from Rick Warren that said that was quite arrogant. So anyway, um, <laughs> I um, I thought, well, I'll pray for an opportunity. Um, that a door will open so I can say something. And, um, and that was the, the challenge for the next day. And on Thursday, I meet a lot of people and I teach quite a lot of people and um, nothing happened. So um, I thought, well, okay, sometimes that's what, what it, life is like. You just live your life and you it, it, um, serving God and, and um, there isn't an opportunity. And then, um, but I'd, I'd really prayed, God, you know, open a door. And uh, anyway, the next day, Friday, I'd been at Tesco again, uh, different Tesco, and I was picking, <laughs> I was picking up a prescription, and um, it got a bit complicated because the guy said, right, I'll, I'll need to do your prescription, and um, and then um, he ca- he came over and 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 asked me for the payment. And I said, oh, I also want something else, as he'd rung it up. And so I got the other stuff, and he then handed it over to this other young lady. And um, <clears throat> so she's ringing it all, all up, and, and then she said, oh, it's so much. And I said, oh, have you counted in my other as well? And she said, oh, yes, yeah. she said, thank you for being honest. So um, I related a story of when um, just earlier this year we'd been out with the family and uh, we'd been to an Italian. And when I got the bill, um, it's, it, they'd not charged us for a couple of the drinks. So I said to the waiter, oh, you've missed, you know, you've got it wrong. And, uh, and he looked at me thinking, you know, it was on his side. And I said, no, I said, there's two drinks there that you haven't charged us for. And he said... Uh, Oh, right, you know, and uh, I was relating this um, story to this young girl, and she said, oh, you'll get some brownie points, and um, your conscience clear, you'll get to heaven, or you may get to heaven. So I said, "Um, yes, if you love Jesus and you follow his way, that's the way to heaven. And um, she just looked, she was also so taken aback by that. And I said, well, think about it. Easter's coming. And that was my opportunity. Very, very simple, but just an opportunity that came up. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Edmund, did you want to say something? Yeah. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. The thing that I've found from this uh, study is just how important it is to tell others about Jesus. And we make so many excuses as to why we can't, don't we? I've found out, I've found out that if you're willing to step out of the boat, you can walk on the water. Hallelujah. And that's just a follow on what we've been doing in this, uh, this series, uh, of the 40 days. Um, I remember the time when I wasn't like this, when I was just fearful of telling others about Jesus. Oh well, it's alright, but don't, don't go over the top, you know. I'd been very disappointed by some, the way some people had been living. And it really put me off spiritual things. And uh, you do have to live what you talk about. That's most important. But I remember somebody speaking to me um, when he'd been preaching about telling others about Jesus. And he said, when did you last win someone for Jesus? And I was so cut to the quick because I'd been making excuses. There's a thousand and one excuses you can make as to why you should keep your mouth shut. You know, I've been, I've been sitting there now saying, I'll keep my mouth shut and let somebody else have a go, you know. But quite honestly, I'd be wrong to keep my mouth shut. God's meant such a difference in my life, and that would not have been possible, but for the fact that people were willing to step out of the boat and tell, tell me about Jesus. And he was saying, when did you last win someone for Jesus? And I wept. And I wept and I could weep now when I, when I think about it. And God graciously, hallelujah, very graciously, caused me to repent of my waywardness. Called me to repent of my failure to do what he told us to do. And I can only say that since then things have changed. There's people in this meeting today, I think, somewhere. Yes, over there's a couple over there that I know. And I could go, you know, I could go through it. It's not Edmund Rainsbury. It's what Jesus does. Hallelujah. And it's not what we do. It's what Jesus does. But we have to step out. We have to be willing to take uh, take the, the plunge, as it were. And, uh, you know, you'll find that it, it's amazing. The latest one... I must tell you about this because it's really thrilling us. The latest one has been through Peter and Rosie's um, Keep Fit. And about six months ago, oh, it's Rosie's does the Keep Fit. Pete, Peter does the coffee and the coffee and toast afterwards. But the, the all this couple that I'm talking about looked at that anyway. Uh, the coffee and the toast as well as the you know. And uh, now you put me right off. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so we were we were talking uh, to to this young lady, and I was telling her about a book I've been writing, and she said, "I love reading books." She says, "Can I just?" Uh, I used to be. Um, she says, "I used to be um, a proofreader." Thank you. And uh, she says, can I, can I read it? I said, well, if you, if you want to. Well, she read the first book that I'd done. And she said, my, I really enjoyed that. She says, you ought to do another. 
I said, well, I did start one and, and got stuck halfway because I wasn't interested, and that was about 15 years ago, you know. So anyway, in the last two months, I've really got to town and really got going. And uh, she said, she keeps saying to me, have you finished, have you any more chapters of that? I'm, oh, I'm really enjoying it. When did you go to New Guinea? I says, I never went to New Guinea. I says, now my job was to tell other people about, uh, uh, to, to encourage other people who God had called for that. And God might not have called you uh, to be this, that and the other, but you can remember that God's called you to be a living witness. Hallelujah. And I agree uh, with what Ross said. You know, it's so easy to get into the feeling, well, you've got to live the life and that's the end of it. It's not. That's only the beginning of it. Hallelujah. The, the end of it is when you start telling other people what Jesus has done in your life so that they get uh, a feeling, well, I'm missing something here. Well, they are. We know that. And this, this couple, um, she came to see us. Um, well, not a husband, he was working, but uh, she came to see Edna and I this week. And what a blessing it's been to her and to us. And we're waiting to see what God's going to do. Continue to listen to the word of God. And when he speaks to you and tells you to say something, don't be afraid. Because fear is a thing that stops so many people from worshipping through what God's doing in the life of others. Thank you. Great, thank you, uh, Edmund. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Edmund. I really didn't want to get up. God tells you, you should. A few different things. I've not been to any of the meetings, but I've been working through the book on my own. Lots of different things have come up. Separation, which I'm quite used to with Oksana spending a lot of time in Ukraine and different members of the family in different parts of the country and the world. But coming here on a Sunday, I don't always make it, and I don't get involved as the book says I should, but I really do feel that uh, my family's here. Mr Jenner we heard about last week, the guy in Australia who kept going out and giving bits of paper to people and and I shared with Pete Falls this week, Peter called in to see my dad and we had a, a time together. And really, <clears throat> I'd need an hour, but I could go through nearly all the people in this church. And nearly all of you are my Mr. Jenners, because all of you have supported and come to me. And in this book where Groucho Marx says, I wouldn't join any club that would accept me. That's how I came into this church, because I really believed, as black as I was, no one would want me. And the pastor who was here at the time, Ron Phillips, came and I told him to go away in no uncertain terms, language I'm not proud of. And I told him three times to get out of my farm, to take his Jesus with him, because I wanted to talk to God. I didn't want the manager, I wanted the boss, because I didn't know. But he stuck at it and kept coming and put up with me threatening him and I stand here before you and all the people, the Sharps, all of, everybody, I can go right through. All of you. Brian playing bowls. Tony there putting boxes together for Ukraine. I, can, I could really just go through all the Mr. Jenners who are sat here. So when we were all saying it that great, that's what God wants to pass on, I think, through me now, is that we're all important and we all do do that job. And it's sometimes easy to concentrate on 
Oh, we should do more and we should do this and we should do that. In the last three months, God took me. I should have gone to a church in Aslindon to do some, to, to speak one evening with Peter. And God said, no, don't go to somewhere else. And I sat there and I heard a man retell a story of about how he was a gang leader in Edinburgh and the terrible things he did. And ended up on his knees with me just saying, you know, where do I go with this? And I said, there's only God. And he said, I know, but I can't go there because I'm so black. And I said, well, I've been there. And he can. As yet, he's not made a commitment. But all these people that you get touched with. And it goes back to, like, where you come from. I come from Salford, and it's a rough spot. I've recently been connected with another family. And they're desperately seeking what we have, which is that faith in Jesus and that calm feeling inside when everything else is going mental. You know you can go to that one little place, can't you? You know, go in that room and pray to him. It's yourself, you're within. And you've got that anywhere, at the bus stop, on the bus, on a building site, in a cabin, wherever you are. I just want to share that all of you really matter, every last one of you. Some I don't know as well as others, but every last one of you, I just believe God wants to say, you know, well done. That Mr. Jenner who only heard just before he died, all of you, for, for faithfulness, for Harry, for Brian, for Jim's, me coming in that door all that time ago and just saying, God, I'll give you one minute and if someone doesn't speak to me, I'm gone. And I'd just got in the door and Jim come up and grabbed me sat me down and said right Bill we're going out tonight we're going back to Salford we're going to Old Trafford we're going to walk around the football thing no one knows the way will you tell the driver and I thought well it's took me 30 odd years to get out of the place and now I've got to go back <laughs> but that is like the, the way that we have to do it only bit by bit and yeah thank you Jesus but thanks for all these people here as well and you know just a pat on the back from him to you thank you thanks Bill great so uh, let's just remind ourselves of what we've learned then uh, over these uh, 40 days uh, what people have been saying really that it's not about that it's all about God and not about me that was the first uh, phrase uh, in the book that we read, it's it's not about you. And I guess if we don't if we don't learn anything else, and we can uh, if, if we can get to gri- grip about that, what that really means, um, we'll be well placed for the future. Because so much of life is about us, isn't it? And uh, so often at church, uh, it becomes about us and who we are, rather than about God. And we bring it into all those aspects, into the worship, the fellowship, the discipleship, the ministry. The evangelism, it can so easily become about us, can't it? About the songs we like, about the worship we like, uh, about the scriptures we like, about, about the doctrines that we believe in. And, and so often, um, we, we try to make people like us, uh, rather than like Jesus. We try to make disciples that are like us. You know, people even want to dress people the same, don't they? You know, this is how you should dress to come to church. And if nothing else, let's remember that it's not about us. And this is so contrary from what we'll hear in the world when it is all about us. Uh, it's all about you and what you can get and, 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 and what you can accumulate. And uh, the first message that we learn is it's not about uh, us, it's, it's about God. Uh, God is the one who made all things and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children 
share his glory. So it's not about us, it's about God. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. And that's what we've been thinking about, the purpose of life. And you cannot find the purpose of life outside of God. Because God has a plan for each and every one of us and a purpose. And if we look anywhere else, we will be disappointed. So it all starts with God and with him. The second thing that we learn is that God still does miracles. God is still in the business of changing people's lives. God is still in the business of doing that miracle of changing people's lives. And we've heard uh, in some of the testimonies today, you know, that lives uh, are being changed by God. And uh, one of the things, you know, it doesn't matter whether you've been in church for, for five years or for 50 years. God is still in that process of changing you. And uh, if, you've, if you've stopped that process uh, of being allowed to happen in, in your life... Uh, then you've come to a standstill. And it was interesting when Beryl was saying, you know, when you get to a certain age, you, you start looking back. And the, the, the point about this is that God still has a purpose and a plan for you, whatever age you are. And it was great to hear uh, that God is using some of our elderly members, you know, that meet together uh, faithfully uh, every, every two weeks. And there's still a place for you in the church. So God is still miraculously changing people's lives. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. God never stops uh, demonstrating his power in changing people's lives. We've learned that life is a preparation for eternity. Did you get that message? It was uh, repeated, wasn't it? Again and again. You know, what's life all about? It's a preparation for eternity. And it's that eternal perspective that changes everything. Because so often we get, you know, we, we, we get hung up in what's going on now. And, uh, you know, celebration Sunday today, you know, uh, you know, who wants to celebrate if your team lost yesterday? Well, it's not about just the, the, the circumstances that we find ourselves. There's that eternal perspective, you know, uh, that there's something better to come. And so we don't get kind of bogged down. And, and sometimes, of course, things that happen much more seriously, I'm being quite flippant, there's much worse things that happen to people than their team losing. And, uh, you know, some of you are there now in that place where, you know, things aren't as great as they could be. And that idea that, you know, this life isn't all that there is, you know, spurs us on and gives us a completely different perspective than other people in the world. Because we know... Uh, that there is a heaven, that there's a place for us, uh, where we will dwell for eternity. And uh, whatever happens in this life, uh, nobody can take that away from us. God has planted eternity in the human heart, and eternity begins the moment we receive Jesus. We are living in eternity now because we're with Jesus now, and we will be with Jesus for all eternity. Then we've learned that, uh, you know, we're put on earth for these five purposes. Uh, the Lord has made everything for his purpose. Uh, we were planned for God's pleasure. And the biblical word for that was? I was expecting the stones to shout out then. Yeah, worship. Don't be frightened of shouting it out. Don't be frightened of shouting it out. We were planned for God's pleasure and that's worship. We were formed for God's family and the Bible word was? Fellowship. You're getting there. Uh, we were created to become like Christ, and the biblical word was discipleship, yeah. And we were shaped to serve God, and the biblical word was 
ministry, yeah. Do read your key fobs. Don't just, don't just put them there. Just read what it says on them because it will, it will help. And then we were made for a mission. And this is so important, isn't it? It's the last one and it's very often the one that we never get to. You know, we can quite happily live, you know, worship. We enjoy worship, don't we? We enjoy fellowship. Uh, we understand that we're supposed to be uh, like Christ. We might not like the idea that God wants to change us and make us. We quite enjoy ministry in the church, don't we? And sometimes, you know, churches never quite get to the point of getting out there. And that's why mission, it was great to hear Edmund's testimony. You know, that it is important and... and, and, and uh, and Rosa's testimony about, you know, when you, you look for opportunities, actually they present themselves. You know, make the most of every opportunity. So often we're not looking for opportunities uh, to share the good news. And the word, of course, is evangelism. We learn that we, we grow through making commitments. You know, we, we ask people to commit themselves to these 40 days to do those daily readings. And we do grow by making commitments. We, you know, it's, it, it's a bad word out there. Nobody wants to be committed to anything. You know, you, you ask for somebody to, to commit themselves, to do something, and, 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 you know, the room empties. Nobody wants to be committed today. But we do grow by making commitments. And hopefully one of the, one of the things that we will benefit as a church over the, you know, from these 40 days is that we will have seen people grow in their faith because they've made that commitment to spend time together with God, to meet together with God's people, and to learn about the purposes that God has for you. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. Faith that isn't accompanied by actions is dead. It's what we do that really matters with our faith. It's not just about what we believe. It's not just about what we sing. It's how we live that really makes a difference. It shows that God is at work in our lives. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. That we grow through fellowship. You know, we actually grow by meeting together with other Christians. We learn from one another, from their shared experiences, from their knowledge. And if you've been in a small group for these six weeks, you know, think about continuing to meet together in a small group. Uh, to learn from one another. If you've enjoyed the small group experience, you know, talk to me or talk to the house group leader. Most of the house groups, I hope, will be continuing. Uh, if not, you know, look for another house group and get yourself in a small group because you will grow by meeting together and studying God's word together through fellowship. As iron sharpens iron, so people can improve each other. Uh, we learn from one another. And, uh, you know, in this room there are so many experiences uh, that we can learn from, that we have. Keep on doing the things that you've learnt. And received and heard, and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, you know, we've come to the end of 40 days, and it'd be easy just to stop, wouldn't it? And think, well, that's it, we've done that. Uh, we can have a rest now. Uh, Rich is not going to be my us whether we've learned the, the verses or whether we've read the chapter in the book. We can just sit back and we can relax. Well, no, we want to keep on doing these things. We want people to keep on reading the Bible on a daily basis. We want people to keep on in small groups. And we want people to be involved in ministry and evangelism. Uh, we've come to the end, but in a sense we're only just beginning because we're going to keep on. Uh, we should not stop gathering together with other believers. Instead we must continue to encourage each other more and more. There's something encouraging about meeting together with one another. When we hear what God is doing in somebody else's life, it spurs us on and encourages us. Or if we're feeling down, if we feel that, uh, that we can't cope, somebody else can come alongside us and pray for us and uh, encourage us. 
And that we've learned that people are hungry for spiritual truth. That people actually, uh, once they get into something, some people are a bit apprehensive. Well, I don't know about this. I'm not sure whether this is for me. I'm, I'm not really a very spiritual person. You know, the number of times people say to me, you know, I'm not very spiritual. And, uh, you know, what does spiritual mean? What does spiritual actually mean? You won't find it in the Bible. You know, you never find Jesus talking about spiritual because everything that Jesus did was spiritual. We, we separate our, our lives, don't we? And we say, well, we're doing this and that's spiritual and we're doing that and that's something else, which is rubbish. You know, uh, the whole of our lives, uh, we offer all of our lives to God. And the people are actually hungry uh, for the truth and spiritual things. Look around you, the vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for reaping. Well, we've heard that in the testimony, haven't we? As we talk to people, and our people are actually interested, and it's a surprise to us, isn't it? We think the message that we receive is nobody's interested, and it's not true. If you actually share your faith, you'll find that people are interested. Start living what you've learned. This is, this is the most important thing, that we actually live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You know, you can come to church... And you can listen to a hundred sermons, you can read a hundred books, and you can know everything about God without actually following Jesus. Because to follow Jesus, you know, you actually have to walk. You know, the picture that we get in the, in the Gospels of the disciples, and what was a disciple? A disciple was somebody that literally walked behind Jesus. They followed him everywhere. It's a physical thing following Jesus. It's not really a spiritual thing. It's a life to be lived following Jesus. And we've got to start living what we've learned. Because very often we learn things and we think that's, that's the end. You know, and we're so impressed, aren't we, with people that have biblical knowledge. And we say, oh, that person, they're so knowledgeable about the Bible. And we presume that that means that they must be a wonderful Christian. When you can be a very knowledgeable person without having actually made that commitment to follow Jesus. You can know lots of things about the Bible. I know loads of people that know more about the Bible than me. And I'm a pastor. And, uh, you know, good for them. And I, I encourage people to learn about God. But if you don't put it into practice, if it doesn't change your life then that knowledge isn't worth anything. Other than the fact that you can impress people by, by knowing you know, where Ecclesiastes is and, and where these other books are. And you can turn to, to, to strange passages and, and impress people. But God isn't impressed unless you're actually living the life and following Jesus. So we've got to learn, got to live what we learn. Know that you know these things. You will be blessed if you do them, Jesus said to his disciples. It's in the doing that we actually follow Jesus. Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not to those who do not know the meaning of life, but to those who do. You know, if you've read this book and, uh, and you've discovered the purpose of life, now we've got to live out those things. We've got to worship God. We've got to fellowship by belonging to the, to the church, uh, by actually being committed to that set of believers. We've got to be following Jesus in discipleship, allowing God to make us more like Christ. We get involved in ministry because that's what we do. Uh, we minister to one another. We have a ministry in the church. And then we have a mission in the world. And we need to be doing all those five things. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Let's stay on it. We're on the right track. We've, we've fallen on something uh, that's good and that's encouraging and that's um, uplifting. And we want to continue to stay on the right track. And of course, we want to pass it on. We want to pass it on. Because you see, if Jesus has really changed your life and transformed your life, and if Jesus really is the best thing that has ever happened to you, 
then surely you would tell other people about it. If Jesus really is what we claim him to be, if he's really changed your life and transformed your life, and if you're living for him, how can you possibly not tell people? How can we possibly not tell other people about the Jesus that we have met? You know, I will rabbit on about the things that I love in life. And uh, one of those things, the most important thing is Jesus. And uh, do I talk as much about Jesus as I talk about other things to people? Are we more comfortable talking about the football or the cinema or other things than we are about Jesus? Maybe it's because that we don't know Jesus as well as we might. And hopefully during these 40 days, we've got to know Jesus and uh, we want to pass it on. Now I want you to tell these same things to the followers who can be trusted to tell others. We need to tell people about Jesus. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for every one of you because the news of your faith is spreading throughout the whole world, Paul says in Romans. Paul, the Apostle Paul, you know, took that message because his life had been changed. He'd met with Jesus on Damascus Road and he just couldn't stop talking about Jesus. So there it is. It's up to you now. It's up to you. To, uh, to put into practice what we've learnt. Um, or, of course, we can just let it go. We can just go back to the way we were. We can just continue to live a life that isn't very challenging. Uh, we can choose not to tell people about Jesus. We can choose to keep our faith to ourselves. You know, this idea, isn't it, that sometimes people use this phrase, you know, well, I've got a private faith. There isn't such a thing as a private faith. Faith is not meant to be private. It's supposed to be uh, in community. Uh, God's people are a community of people. And uh, there's no such thing as a private faith that you have on your own. uh, Because it just isn't a biblical faith. We've learned that, haven't we, about the importance of sharing with one another. About being uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. And so you were made for God's pleasure. And that's called worship. You were formed to be part of God's family, and that's fellowship. You were created to be like Christ, and that's discipleship. You were made for a ministry, and uh, you were called to go out and share the good news, and that's evangelism. Let's live the life. Let's truly follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you uh, that you are in the business of changing people's lives. We thank you that we've heard testimony of people's lives who've been changed by God. And we want to hear more. We want to see more. And we pray together. We pray that God will continue to change our lives. And we want to say to God that since life is a preparation for eternity, we want to use our time on earth for fulfilling God's purposes and not ours. We were planned for God's pleasure. And so we will use our days to get to know and to love God better. We were formed for God's family. And so we will use our lives to show love to other believers and to love one another. We were created to become like Christ. So we will use our lives to make choices that grow our character in a Christ-like way.
We were shaped to serve God and so we will use our days to serve God by serving others. And we were made for a mission. And so we make a commitment to share our faith, the good news about Jesus Christ, with the people that we meet. Father God, would you help us to live a life that's following you and following your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.